Welcome to the Women of TBC podcast. You'll hear content from women's Bible studies and other women's events. For more information, visit templebiblechurch.org. It's just been wonderful. All the activities, the songs were perfect, and it's just been a great, a great week, a day. Let me get this here. Well, I want to just say congratulations. You've made it thus far through the pandemic, <laughs> and it's been quite a year, hasn't it, or over a year. Um, this, watch this video with me. This, when I saw this on Facebook, it just reminded me of what my life is like right now. It's a woman who is out in a field with some goats, and she falls in the mud, and then someone comes along to help her. So just watch this and laugh. I I love that they laugh through this. She's just giggling the whole time. you just feel their pain. Him when when I wasn't in pain, 
and then I would give my toy. And um, I wanted to stay close to him because things were going smoothly. And then cancer hit. So there's always one more thing, you know, one more thing that God uh, allows in our lives. And, you know, the evil one wants to use it as a barrier to keep us from trusting God. But when we lay it down before him, he uses that pain as a magnet to draw us to his heart. When I first became a Christian, I thought, wow, this is it. You know, I came from this abusive, crazy family. We didn't go to church. Uh, I thought God's blessing was, damn it, until I was about six years old. That's the only way, That's the only way I heard him spoken of in our house. And so I became a Christian. And I thought, this is what I've been searching for all my life. You know, this is going to give me happiness and joy and fulfillment. And I'm going to raise my family in a different way. And, you know, I was just so excited. And I really thought I would not have very many painful encounters. But we live, like I said this morning, in a broken world. And we're, we're broken people. And so every time I experience a disappointment, I just began building those bricks to protect myself. And in time... Uh, my relationship with God became sort of ho-hum. Just, you know, just he was there and he existed in my life, but I didn't experience that deep intimacy. And I, I wanted to. I had, you know, read all these verses in the Bible about drawing near to God and he'll draw near to you, but somehow I just didn't know how to get there. And then at a retreat, a TBC Women's Retreat several years ago, uh, my dear friend and mentor Linda Dillo helped me understand how to move uh, into a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. And she shared uh, a talk. This was one of her very first talks. I mean, first times that she was sharing her talks on uh, worship because her book, Satisfy My Thirsty Soul, hadn't come out yet. And she talked about taking the 20-minute worship challenge. And to be honest with you, in the beginning, when I took that, it was because I was in deep pain. And I was desperate to find something, anything to relieve my pain. And so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll try this worship. And little did I know that that would truly draw me in this intimate relationship with the Lord so that, you know, he became uh, my joy and moved me out of that polite, ho-hum relationship into um, something that I'd never experienced before. In worship, she said... We simply adore God by focusing on who he truly is. Not because of anything that he's done for us. Not for anything that we're not praying prayers of for something that we want him to do for, something, for someone else. But it's focusing on who he is. And, you know, I've been thinking about that. Um, do we worship because he deserves it? Yes, that's part of it. But this whole uh, concept of worship can seem um, intriguing to you or mysterious. Or maybe, you know, you're wondering, I don't really understand what worship is beyond singing songs of praise to God. But it's much, much more uh, deep than that. It's multifaceted, you know, like a diamond that has all these different sides and you see different colors and Shapes worship is much, much more than just that. You know, worship is, worshiping in a corporate uh, gathering or even listening to songs on your radio. Um, 
as I took that first challenge, that, uh, that challenge to worship, I realized that nothing else had worked, so why not try this? And I love this quote by Os- Oswald Chambers that sort of kind of, you know, talks about joy. He says, joy means the perfect fulfillment of that for which I was created and generate- regenerated. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's written there on mine. I said, which, for which I was created. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> so joy is what God created us for. And joy is an interesting word. We think of joy. We think that, you know, we're going to feel joyful because everything's going okay around us. But the word joy is different from the word happiness. Joy comes from something much deeper than happiness. Happiness, when you think about it, it comes from the original word happen, which depends on, like, comes, we get happening, what's happening around it depends on our circumstances. But joy comes from something far more deeper. And even it's, it can be tied into our, uh, our conversion, our relationship with Christ. And so joy comes out of that and it doesn't have to be um, negated because we're going through hard things we can have joy even when we're going through hard things we were created as I talked about earlier for ceaseless communion with our Heavenly Father so experiencing true joy in this broken world can only come as a result of embracing the Holy One and finding peace in his presence And I talked about this morning about worship as being the bridge between heaven and earth. But we wonder, how can we live this out on a consistent basis? How can we truly, you know, when when things are good or when they're bad, how can we live a life of worship? And um, I think a good illustration is um, when you think about the breath in your lungs, or the blood in your veins. You know, your breath, you breathe and you don't think about it. The blood flows and you're not thinking about it. You're not trying to make it happen. It just happens. And in time, as you grow in your love relationship with God, worship just becomes a part of you so that in your daily life, you're worshiping him as you're, um, like, making something beautiful. You're joining with him in creation as you're working, as you're changing a baby's diaper, if you do it with the right attitude. That can even be worshiping him. It's our attitude, having that right attitude. Well, I, um, so as we grow in our relationship with him, he becomes much more um, real to us. Have you ever wondered what your purpose in life is? Why did God create us? Was it because he needed you to do something for him? He can do everything for himself. He's God Almighty. Was it because he's lonely? No. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they have each other. They have this intimate relationship with each other. Or perhaps God was bored and and he just kind of thought, hmm, I wonder what new uh, (laughs) intriguing idea I can come up with today. What is the real reason God created us? Well, ladies, if you read the Bible from beginning, from Genesis to 
to Revelation, it's clear that God seeks individuals to glorify or worship him. But once again, what does that look like? What does that mean? Okay, let's look in John 4, 23 to 24. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Okay. Okay, we're on um, John. Okay, maybe. Okay. Maybe it got lost. Okay, well, I'll just read it. Okay, okay. But the time, this is John 4, 23 to 24. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way in spirit and truth. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So we're to worship him in spirit and truth. And he's looking for those who will worship him in that way. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? That God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who is, is all-powerful, and, you know, just think about it. He formed this earth. He, you know, created the, the world, created the oceans and spread his arms and the sun, moon, and stars were formed, the clouds and, and all the beauty. And yet this verse, verse tells us that he's looking for men and women who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what we were created for. That's what he longs for. I mean, are you understanding what I'm saying? That he, he doesn't just want you to be a good girl and do all the things that, you know, that we think that we're supposed to do. Even more than that, he wants, he's, he's pleased when we do that, but even more than that, he longs for us to just worship him and adore him. I mean, think about your relationship with, with your husband if you're married, you know, when you're first dating, or someone that you're very close to. You want to have an intimate relationship with them. You long to get to know them and to know their hearts, to not just know about them, but to truly know them. That's what God longs for with us. He wants to have an intimate relationship so that we are worshiping him not just because he deserves it, but because we love him. And we want to just pour out our praise on him for all that he's done and all, for all that he is for, to us. And so it's, it's just something that comes out of a lifestyle of understanding how much he loves you and how much, you know, as a result of that, your love for him will grow. So what does it mean to worship God Okay, the, the dictionary defines worship in this way. It says, worship is the act of showing respect and love for something. So when we worship God, we give him respect that he's due, but we also give him the love that just pours out of that relationship. And we've got to develop that relationship for it to grow. It, and to put it more simply... True worship is defined by the priority 
we place on who God is in our lives and where he is on our list of priorities. And to worship um, him. Okay, think of that word priority. If you, you know, think about what's a, what is important in your life, or if I think about what's important in my life, you know, I can say, um, where is he on my list of priorities? Where is he on your list of priorities? I realize that I put a lot of weight on my relationship with people. I'm going to College Station so I could be close to my grandchildren, my, my daughter and, and son who's in Houston, and my grandchildren because I love them. I want to be close to them. Um, but I have a lot of other things in my life that take a lot of my time, and some of them I'm not so proud of, like spending too much time on my phone, on, you know, like social media or online shopping. I can get, really get caught up in looking for things, looking for a good deal or, or whatever. Not that that's all wrong, but it's where we place our priority. And, and sometimes, I'm really honest, I can get those mixed up. There are also, um, you know, just different things in our life. We are longing to find life in something. So I was surprised to find out that the word priority was originally, it was just singular. There, there, it, it didn't have priority, priorities, uh, you know, the, um, it was just one word that you had one priority. But in time, because that was the one thing that was most important in your life, but in time we began to see that well, we've got more than one, so we'll, we'll call it a list of priorities. I remember Gary would say, oh, he was my best friend in, in college, or he was my best friend in high school, and it would be different people. And I would say, Gary, you can't have a best friend is one. <laughs> and he just, you know, he didn't see that. But, you know, <laughs> so God wants to be our first priority. And, uh, but it's, you know, so easy as we get busy in life to have other things come before him. Sometimes we have so many things on our list of priorities that we forget what's most important to us, don't we? When we don't purposely choose to focus our energy and time on the things that are truly important, we can allow other agendas to control our lives. And that's really, that's what happens to all of us. How about you? How much priority are you given to your relationship with God? As I've been packing and, you know, busy with, with the move, I, honestly, I haven't given him, given him as much priority as I should. And so, as a result, I've had to really work to keep from being anxious and irritable, restless. Would you spend more time in worship if you consistently remembered how much God desires to be with you, to love you, to be close to you, to be, you know, to have that intimate relationship with you. Would you spend more time thinking about him, worshiping him, and just loving him? That's what he desires. You see, when we worship, it brings us into the very throne room of God, and it connects us to his powerful presence. So when we're weak, if we go into his presence, 
we find his strength. When we're anxious, we lay it before him and we find his peace. It's as simple and as hard as that. But worship doesn't come natural to us, and there's an important reason why. It's hard to stay close to God. And think back to the Garden of Eden like we talked about this morning. So Adam and Eve, they were created to have this intimate relationship with God where he was their first priority. It just happened. You know, they didn't struggle with, you know, uh, having other things. They didn't have Facebook. <laughs> they didn't have all the things that we do. But, you know, God created them so that he would be their, mo- their first priority. They had this intimate relationship with God. And uh, it, was, it was just like flowing. You know, the love was flowing between them back and forth. So just imagine what it was like to truly give and receive love from the king of the universe like that. There were no selfish or sinful motives. Only pure hearts were always looking out for others. Wouldn't that be sweet? This was the world that the Holy One created us for. God loved Adam and Eve. that we could have that life that we're longing for, 
the life that we're trying to get from something, anything, that will make us feel better. Jesus died for that reason. Have you ever wondered, um, you know, why you're, you know Christ, you know the Word, and yet you just have this ache inside your soul, and you're not, you feel like you don't fit in, you don't, you feel like you don't connect with other people. You know, it's not other people that are going to fill that ache. Only Christ can do that. We see this in Ephesians 2, there's the Ephesians verse, that because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive, alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. So we were dead, searching, seeking, longing for life, and now we have it. And yet, many times, we don't experience it. He wants us to have life in the future, in heaven, after we die, or on this earth when He returns. But He also wants us to have life and joy while we are on this earth. Because of Christ's death on the cross, we have the same union with the Father that Adam and Eve enjoyed before the fall. And just think about what this means. I think uh, this description by A.W. Tozer is good. He says, The purpose of God in sending His Son to die and rise and live and be at the right hand of God the Father is that He might restore to us the missing jewel, the jewel of worship, that we may come back and learn to do again that which we were created to do in the first place. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. To spend our time in awesome wonder and adoration of God. Healing and expressing it. Now I know this it sounds heavy, and yet it's possible. It is possible to truly worship him and let that be your lifestyle. So that you worship him in your joy and you worship him in your sorrow. Unfortunately, we're used to our old ways of living, so worship doesn't come naturally for us. Think about a person who moves from Ukraine to Temple, Texas. They had to learn a new language. They had to learn a different lifestyle. You know, the food is different. Um, everything's different. And so when we walk in the life of Christ, we have to learn a new lifestyle so that we're not thinking you know, those old thoughts. We're not living in that old life where we're trying to suck out life from the world. You know, something that we can never attain. We can't, we just can't get that fullness from anything in this world. And so we have to learn a new way of living. A few, a few years ago, I was talking to a sweet friend at church, and she uh, had a little two and a half year old boy, and she was holding on to him while she was talking to me. She said, I'm sorry, I have to, talk, I have to hold on to him while, while I'm talking to you or he'll get away from me. And so when I looked at that picture and I you know, left, I thought, Lord, I wish that you would hold on to me so that I wouldn't wander away and try and find life in something in this world. But God is a gentleman. He's not going to 
make us do anything that we don't want to do. Yet He wants us, longs for us, to stay to Him and to be, stay close to Him because we love Him, because we're comfortable with Him, because, you know, that's the most natural place to be.
sadly, he thought about it and he said, you know, really, he's not important to me. I don't understand him. I don't even, you know, I don't see him working in my life. I don't know how to allow him to work in my life. And then a little later, and this really bothered Dr. Wilson. And he prayed and asked God to show him what it meant for the Holy Spirit to, who the Holy Spirit was to him. And a little later, he went to hear a missionary speak. And he spoke on, on this verse, uh, laying our bodies down as a sacrifice. And uh, this pastor, he said, have you noticed that this verse does not tell us to whom we should give our bodies? It is not the Lord Jesus who asked for it. He has his own body. It's not the Father who asked for it. He remains upon the throne. Another has come to earth without a body. God could have made a body for him as he did for Jesus, but he did not do so. God gives the privilege and the indescribable honor of presenting your bodies to the Holy Spirit to be his dwelling place on earth. So this verse says this is our true and proper worship. It's to lay down our bodies on this that he made was not just a one-time thing, and it's the same for us. We surrender our bodies and ask the Holy Spirit to use us. But it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. I have to surrender my body every day, and, and, and this is part of our worship. It's not just saying those words. It's giving him our body so that he can use us, so that his words can come out and minister to us, so that our hands can be his hands to touch others and give them life so that our feet will come where he wants to go and our hearts can be tender the way he wants our hearts to be tender. Tender to him and tender to others. Once again, I say this is as hard and as simple as this. Presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. But we want to be in control and so it's hard to do. It's really a Impossible without the Lord's help. A few years ago, Gary and I, um, we did, we wanted to do everything on his budget. 
Bible College in, in, in New England. And so we took a group on a cruise, and we just happened to go this year when the fall college was late. And so we just saw little glimpses of this beautiful color coming out here and there. You know, you could see it was on the tips of the trees. And you could just see that it was going to be, going to be gorgeous. And, and um, but it wasn't in full bloom yet. And so when we develop a lifestyle of heartfelt, genuine worship, worship that includes words of adoration, as well as our life of surrender, then we'll be able to take little glimpses of God's glory and His presence. Here and there, we'll see it. And then more and more, we'll see the greater, uh, so much so that it will just take your breath away. I am telling you, when you walk with Him and allow Him to do this, then you will find the life that you are longing for, that you have been just, you know, passionate for. And He will change you. And you will begin to see Him work in your life in a way that you have never experienced and never even dreamed possible. It can be as simple as, as what happened to me when New Year's Eve a few years ago. We were uh, at a fireworks festival, and I wrote this in my journal. I said, Gary and I were watching fireworks, and in the midst of the thunderous noise and brilliant color, I found myself worshiping with each flash of color that lit up the dark sky. I praised the Holy One for dazzling me with His glorious beauty. I exalted Him for being the light in my darkness, the one that brings color into my world, the sparkling one who is all-powerful and magnificent. The Lord of thunder and might, and the King who takes my breath away with His radiant splendor. It was one of the most powerful times of worship I've ever experienced. I was one person in a crowd of several hundred, and yet I was alone with my King. And that's truly what God desires for us. All of us are receiving something in life. Just look at your day, and it'll be obvious what your highest priorities are. And I want to ask you to ask yourself these questions. What am I living for? What am I living for? What am I trying to find life in? Is it, you know, by doing all these things in vain? And I just keep doing the same thing over and over again, but it's not accomplishing what, what I desire. Then what is the focus of my attention? Am I spending hours and hours, you know, doing something that I shouldn't be doing or just not really necessary? And then what is the desire of my heart? What is it that just gives me passion, what I have passion for, and what drives me, moves me, inspires me? What is it that you know, God wants for me to do? Someone is it leave me from? I love the things that we've done today. And I just want to read to you what I wrote in that prayer. My dearest Elroy, thank you for being both Lord of Lords and King of Kings, high and lifted up and above the earth, and yet 
Your word. 